everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions and votes drive the show. Level Up comes to you live twice a week on Mondays at 8 a.m. GMT and 2 p.m. GMT on Fridays, streamed directly to YouTube and LinkedIn. If you'd like to join in today's session, please use the Slido link in the chat to vote up the questions that you want answered and, of course, to add in your own questions. The whole show is driven by you, so please do get those questions in. Our panel are waiting to share their knowledge and experience with you, so let's jump straight in and meet them. Okay, so returning to our panel this week is uh, Darren Conway. Darren is a cybersecurity executive with over 20 years experience, um, focused exclusively on cybersecurity professional services delivery. Darren has worked with critical national infrastructure, government and private sector clients in 33 countries, helping to assess regulatory compliance, risk and technological cybersecurity solutions deployment. Welcome, Darren. Hi, Ellie. Thanks for having me. Also returning to the Level Up panel is Sabajit Bose. Sabajit is an experienced trainer in cybersecurity and is developing content for bespoke courses for corporates. He's also a regular speaker at cybersecurity and cloud information security conferences in Singapore. Welcome back, Sabajit. Thank you, Ali, and everyone in the panel, and all of you who are watching and looking forward for a wonderful one hour. Thank you. Thank you. So joining us from the Netherlands and a new panelist for Level Up is uh, Rick Strabos. Rick has been working in IT consultancy for over 30 years and specializing in security education for the last 20. Rick is a managing director of Security Academy, whose 50 instructors and dedicated staff provide over 60 titles in the broad field of security training. Hi, Rick. Hi, Ali. I'm excited to be here among all of your experts. Uh, looking forward to uh, many uh, interesting questions. Thank you. And another new panelist for today is uh, Zane Javid. Zane is an entrepreneur and technology professional with over 15 years in cybersecurity industry. Zane is co-founder and CTO of Mitigate Cyber Limited, and he's also a board member of the Northwest Cybersecurity Cluster representing Lancashire. Great to have you with us, Zane. Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. So finally then, completing the panel for today and also making his debut appearance on Level Up is Steve Cockroft. Steve is the owner of SciSec Professionals, an APMG ATO and NCSC certified training provider who aim to enable opportunity, inspiration and education for existing and future cybersecurity professionals. Welcome, Steve. Hey, Ali. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. So thanks to all the panelists for joining us today. If um, you are watching today's show at home and you'd like to have a go at answering questions on your specialist subject, you can volunteer in the chat and we'll be in touch to welcome you to a future panel. Our question master for today is Shanice Mitchell-Cotts. Hi, Shanice. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. You're very welcome. Can we have our first question for the panel, please? Absolutely, Ellie. So the first question for today is from Peter in Singapore. How do you keep up with all the changes to technology and trends in cybersecurity? Okay, great question. So we'll come to Sabajit on that one first, please. And then we'll go to Darren. Hi, uh, Peter. Um, yeah, you're also from Singapore, as I am from as well. Um, a good question. Now, uh, cybersecurity, as any other part of IT 
always is changing. As the threat landscape is changing, the world uh, economies are changing, and we know that we are moving into the industry 4.0. So the only way out is to keep ourselves updated and upgraded always. So it's either shape up, keep up, or be shipped out. So I think, uh, and being in Singapore, you know, there are also government initiatives in there. So please take advantage of those and people around the globe. I think you will also find a lot of courses from places like ISC Square, ISACA, and many others to, to catch up with your competency. Thank you. Thank you, Sabashit. Darren? <clears throat> Hiya. Um, so um, I'm a practitioner and, and done loads of different certifications myself, and then also a manager of a team. And one of the things that I've always done in my career is to plan for the year what certifications I'd like to achieve and then put those into my personal development plan with my manager. Um, and then I also ask my employees to do that as well so um, that everyone knows what your goals are and then you effectively have the organization supporting you through achieving those, those different training objectives over the year. Um, and so I guess just kind of finish that thought off is when you're interviewing with organizations as well, you might want to ask them, you know, what do they do as it relates to um, uh, training budgets and, and you know, what, what's their commitment to you as an employee moving forward? Thanks, Darren. That's really helpful. So, Shanice, can we have our uh, second question for the panel, please? Absolutely, Ellie. So this is a question from Bill Bradley. Do you need a college degree to get into cyber security field? Brilliant. Great question. Thanks. We'll have Steve and then Sabajit and then Zane on that one, please. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks, Bill. Great question. Um, so no is the answer, I don't think. Um, I do have a, a degree. Uh, it's a master's degree. I was a very mature student, but I entered the infosec slash cyber field many, many years ago before I managed to get a degree. Um, I think it's useful. Um, in terms of setting yourself a standard for, for study and research, uh, but you don't need a degree to get into cybersecurity. There are plenty of other ways to, to break into the profession. Great, thanks, Steve. Sarbajit? Hi, Billy. Um, well, as um, Stephen says, it's true. It's, it's good to have a, any degree to have a basic knowledge and an education a background to, to go into more research and more digging into the knowledge area. But it doesn't matter much because I personally came into IT accidentally. I am an accountant graduate. And instead of being an IT account auditor, I, became, I came to IT because many, many years back when I started, uh, in those days, IT was fresh and I was very curious. So I joined some organization and I started to learn from there and that's how I am here. But of course, as we talked about in the previous question, there are a lot of other um, qualifications to pick up, so which I did. And I think that others will also agree and share here. Thank you. Thank you, Sabajit. Zane? Yeah, I think as uh, my, my fellow panelists uh, mentioned, you don't really need a degree in, in cyber security but uh, however I do think it depends on the individual so for myself um, it gave me a good foundation for doing a master's in cyber 
Um, it got me uh, looking at the various areas of cybersecurity before specializing in a, in a certain field. Uh, I think the experience that you get is definitely once you're in the workplace or any kind of apprentice, apprenticeship roles, et cetera, greatly benefit. But um, to simply put it, it does depend on the individual and what their learning style is. Uh, if they want to come into classroom, you know, uh, five times uh, a week, then that might be a better uh, option for them. Thanks, Zane. It's interesting that we've got panelists who are who have a degree in cyber and, and those who came from a different route. Rick, did you want to add something to this question? Yes, uh, I think what you do need uh, besides a college, uh, college degree, I, I agree with my uh, fan of, uh, panelists, but I think you need curiosity and stamina. That, that's more needed than a college degree. Brilliant, great. Thanks very much, everyone. So, Shanice, do we have another question for the panel, please? Absolutely, Ellie. So, the next question is from Matthew Clark. I read the term ethical hacking somewhere. Can you explain what is ethical about hacking? Great, uh, thanks very much. So, we'll go to Zane and then Rick and then Sabaji on this one. This is a really good question, and it gets asked a lot, even, even some clients when we speak to them. Um, so the way I put it usually is think of it as you are testing um, a fire alarm. The only way you'll be able to tell that it's working correctly is that you can actually test and do a fire drill. So in the same way, um, with ethical hacking, you're trying to simulate a real-life hacking scenario. Um, and by thinking like hackers, you can find the vulnerabilities. The only difference is that uh, hackers won't tell you where the weaknesses are, um, but with ethical hackers, they will actually point out the vulnerabilities usually in a in a nice digestible report uh, that the uh, the organisation can uh, look and remediate following um, the findings. Thanks, Zane. I think we're coming to Rick next on this one. Yes, I think uh, you have to uh, be able to think like a hacker. You have to be able to think like uh, a crook uh, to to test systems uh, right. But um, in our courses, ethical hacking, we also uh, not only the technique, but the ethical part, what is allowed, what is not allowed, uh, is the basis for a good ethical hacker. Thank you. And Sabajit? Well, to be honest, I find this term, uh, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron to me because it's like ethical hacking, mercy killing. And so, you know, uh, well, if you are a hacker, uh, whether it's a gray hat and white hat and black hat, the lines are very thin there. And as, as we heard that, you know, some of them saying uh, that you have to think like a hacker. You have to act like a hacker. So really, those who do it, like we know people in many governments also do hacking under the guise of a government initiative. So doing that and doing it for some other benefit is about the same. So it's how we justify. But it's good to know um, what is my problem in my system. So some profession that helps to understand my vulnerability is always welcome. Thank you, Sabajit. Um, so just before we move on to the next question, if you are watching us live and you have a burning question for the panel, if you're either on LinkedIn or YouTube, 
please do type it in the chat. We have colleagues monitoring that and they'll be able to post the question straight to our panel um, to get an answer for you. Janice, what's the next question, please? So we've just had a question come in from a live viewer. Michael, I am looking to change careers. How would I get into cybersecurity if I don't have any real IT experience? Lovely. Thank you, Michael. Um, so we'll go to Steve and then Rick and then Sarbajit on that one, please. Yeah, thanks, uh, Ellie. Michael, it's a great question. Um, my background uh, is in IT, but that was a long time ago. I would just say that there are a lot more professions or specialisms within cyber than, than just IT. Um, so program management skills, risk management, auditing, physical security, HR, security and people, supply chain risk management are all included in what I would consider cybersecurity careers. Um, so you don't necessarily need IT experience to enter a lot of those different careers or specialisms. Um, so there's lots of routes available. Great, thank you. I think we were coming to Rick next. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Uh, Michael, um, uh, the uh, IT field is broad, but uh, cyber is even broader. Uh, when we are talking about cyber skills, we also uh, speak about information security, which is organization, people, uh, IT security, of course, it's, it's IT related, but there's also crisis management, business continuity management. So it's, it's even broader than IT. So uh, depending on what role you are looking for in uh, cyber, um, it can be beneficial to understand IT, but you don't uh, have to be a techie. Great, thank you, Rick. And Sabajit, your thoughts on this one, please. Yeah, I I also, uh, you know, resemble the same thing that has been spoken earlier, that cybersecurity is a very, very wide space. So, uh, Michael, you have to find out what you are doing now, and then if your skills, um, I guess, ha has some reuse in in the cybersecurity. You may be in finance, you may be in procurement, you may be in engineering, you may be anywhere in human resource, whatever you are doing, there is a cybersecurity element in everywhere because cybersecurity is not about some security people, it's about us, each and every us, all of us has a role to play. So whatever you are doing, find some means to, to see where you can contribute and pick up the career from there. Maybe you may want to consult some of us here or any other consultant who can give you a very specific suggestion. Thanks, Sabajit. Michael, I hope that was helpful for you. Um, Janice, can we have our next question, please? Of course, Ellie. We've just had another live question come through from Gary S. What skills do the panel think are most in demand in the current cyber marketplace? And how do you think this will change in the next 12 months? Great question there. Thanks, Gary. OK, so we'll have Sabajit and then Zane on that one, please. Hi, Gary. Um, thank you for the question. Now, as we were just speaking um, in, in, in the previous one, so uh, this uh, the cybersecurity is a very wide space, and there are a lot of skills in demand. In general, in broad respect, we have cyber operations, we have cyber intelligence, we have cyber, uh, you know, uh, for <clears throat> governance and audit, 
we have cyber for our information and data we have privacy data privacy and then we also have security of our cloud infrastructure of our physical infrastructure there are so many and and also maybe software and everything so the list goes on so at the current moment the emerging technologies are in blockchain in iot in ot so all these are apart or they are all impacted by cyber security so i would say any one of these and of course cloud is the thing that will be there for the next 12 months but then again well you know how things change fast here it can be anything that's coming up so keep your eyes and ears open thank you thank you sabajit so zane and then we'll hear from steve and then rick please on this one yeah, and as uh, Sabajit mentioned, all of those things, I think some of them are, are, are a lot of buzzwords and everyone gets to hear them in the when you're in the technology space, but uh, those are the future of the technology. But everything that's quite common with all those areas is the architecture. You know, how do you secure the architecture of those technologies? Um, and I think that's a skill that's very high in demand. Um, and also, uh, it's one of those areas that, um, it's quite niche and you do need to have expertise in that, but to encourage people into looking into that and start um, you know, training themselves, definitely benefit to uh, you know, have more and more of these uh, security architects uh, in our industry um, to help organizations uh, worldwide. Great. Thank you, Zane. So Steve, please, and then Rick. Yeah, thanks, Elliot. Thanks, Gary. It's a great question. I think um, currently, there's a lot of focus on IT um, with with respect to cybersecurity and recruitment, et cetera. But I do think if you look at what's going on from a general business perspective and the changes in the law, regulation, requirements, et cetera, and those flowing down through through individual contracts with, with different companies and the supply chain, I think organizations are looking for those individuals who can understand risk management and apply the principles of risk management to the business, not just IT, uh, and operate and, and sort of feedback to the executive where the issues are, where the resource needs allocating in line with best practice frameworks. Thanks, Steve. That's really helpful. Um, so your thoughts on this one then, Rick? Um, well, um, uh, Gary, great, great question, uh, but I think you'll also uh, find it helpful to understand the difference between knowledge, uh, skills, and abilities. Uh, knowledge is, for instance, hardware, software, crypto, whatever, and that is changing fast. Uh, skills is uh, the ability to, to think uh, analytical, communication skills, stakeholder management, um, and abilities or attitudes, <clears throat> it's, as I uh, would like to call it. It's uh, if you are curious, if you are thorough, uh, that kind of stuff. And the, the knowledge part is changing quickly, but the skills and the attitude, it's more a constant thing you, you, you can have and develop in more long term. Great, that's really helpful. Thanks so much for that, Rick. I hope that was useful for you, Gary. Um, Denise, can we have our next question, please? Of course, Ellie. We've got a question that's just come in from a live viewer, Neil Burrell. How would you define cyber? Wow, that's a good question. Okay, so I want to see all the panel on this one. So, Starbucks and then Darren, not so much. 
Okay, um, well, whenever I'm training for CISSP or CISM or anything, this term comes to be very common because people used to talk about information security uh, not so long time back, but now it is all cyber security. Well, uh, the main term cyber is a logical space. So normally today's date because all of our data information resides mainly in internet, um, uh, internet platforms, I would say, in cloud. And so um, we consider that a cyber. But if you have an information which is in a local hard disk, even in a piece of paper, that is still information and you need to secure it. And then that will be under information security. But anything to do with the internet is about cyber. And today, without internet, my laptop is just a just a zombie, it has no value. So um, I would say without cyber connectivity and without the cyber security, uh, we are today very helpless. Thank you, Sabajit. And Darren, your thoughts on how do we define cyber? <clears throat> Just historically going back a couple of decades, um, the industry's always talked about confidentiality, integrity and availability and um, now the um, attack landscape has just completely changed because you know all the devices are connected and whatnot and so um, really trying to identify how we protect the confidentiality integrity and availability of those systems across that broad landscape um, i think all of that it's encompassed in the cybersecurity conversation lovely thank you um great question so um janice do we have another question for the panel please we do have another question. A live viewer, Oliver Dennis, has just uh, posted a question. Best certifications to go for in 2022 as first entry to cybersecurity world? Okay, great. Best certifications to go for in 2022. So, panel, what are your thoughts on the certifications that people should uh, look for if they look to go for if they are new to cybersecurity? So, we'll go for Rick and then Steve on this one, please. Um, it's a good question, but it's also a very difficult question to answer. Uh, as we noticed before, the cyber field is broad and it depends on what expertise you want to develop. Um, what I find uh, a really good and broad basic uh, certification is CISSP. As uh, some other people think, it's a master degree in cyber. I don't think so. I, I do think it's a broad basis. But to own the title, you must have five years of experience. So that way, it isn't a good first entry uh, into cybersecurity. But because it is broad, you can see all the parts of what it's about. So a difficult one to answer. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, did we have Darren next for that one? I can't um, Or was it Steve? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go, Ellie. Thank you. I, I think this question for me links to the, the previous question. How do we define cyber? So for me, cyber and cybersecurity is about digital business and secure digital business. And there's not many digital businesses uh, or businesses currently that don't operate in the digital world. So so which certification should we go for when, when looking to enter the career? Well, it depends which part of cyber, again, you want to get into. Um, I think businesses need people who 
understand the business of cybersecurity risk management and the frameworks and the risk management aspect of that. So I would encourage anyone entering to go for risk management qualifications, certifications around international standards, the NIST cybersecurity framework. Certainly for the next 15 years, I think will be more and more prevalent. However, if you want to stick to a purely IT track, there are entry-level IT certifications as well. Thank you, Steve. And, and Darren, your thoughts, please. Yeah, so um, I kind of, it, it goes back, in my opinion, to your type of mentality. So I remember when I was earlier in my career, I was doing a lot of network security and enjoying that. And um, I took a visual basics course from Microsoft and I thought, I'm going to get into application security. And I realized really quickly, I didn't have the mentality for it. And troubleshooting a missing semicolon for half a day, which is wasn't exciting to me. So you do kind of have to, you know, think about what it is that excites you and, and the type of work that you want to do. And then that might lead to um, the types of tracks. So pen testing is very interesting, but I, I do think that pen testers have a, a specific mentality who really want to be researchers, um, network engineers, that's um, firewalling, gateway security, that, that's a different mentality. And then application security folks as well. I think it's first identify what excites you and then try and find some of the courses in that, um, in that discipline. Lovely. Thanks, Darren. Zane, your final thoughts on this one, please. Yeah, just wanted to, uh, I mean, I agree with, with, with everyone what they're saying is, um, but if someone is kind of in the IT security field, um, they're more technical, for example, um, so they've got some sort of IT support background, then um, something like a, a CEH certified ethical hacker uh, is a good kind of foundation base level. Um, and you can then build on that with many other Certification. So there is a ELAN, uh, EJBT um, uh, course and, and training and also certification available. And as you progress from that, there is OSCP, which is kind of world renowned uh, as one of the must haves. So it's a good way to kind of go in with a very entry level. You've got a network background, there's something like a CCNA is again really good, a CompTIA Security Plus. Uh, is also uh, a really good one to start off with and, and work your way up. Brilliant. Thanks, panel. A wide variety of recommendations there for Oliver. Hope that was helpful. Um, Shanice, can we have another question, please? You can, Ellie. So we've just had another live question from Gary S. Accepting that soft skills are valuable in cybersecurity, how would somebody market themselves to get into the sector without technical skills? Okay, panel. Uh, Sarbajit, we'll come to you and then we'll go to Rick. Thank you. Hi, Gary. Thank you for the question. Well, as an IT and especially security trainer, when I am teaching uh, CISSP, I have many trainees who come who are not from IT at all. And you know what? Many of the people who are from marketing or non-IT, they, they, they pass the exam better because many times the people who come from IT carry some bias. So I don't think that anyone who is from non-IT, it is difficult. You must have the passion. If you have the passion and as you know, uh, we have talked about that if you want to carry on with it and if you really want to go deep in it, you can build 
all sorts of skill yeah your soft skills are very important how you do interpersonal skill um, management you know so that is very crucial based on that technology or technical skills skills you can pick up along the way thank you thank you sabajit so rick your thoughts on this one please yeah, well, Gary, there are, um, as mentioned before, uh, a lot of roles, uh, not so depending on uh, technical uh, skills. For instance, when you're into crisis uh, management, uh, incident crisis management, it's it's much more important that then you have good communication skills, the soft skills, than the technical uh, skills. Uh, there are also some certifications in information security, information security foundation from SECO Institute, for instance, is, is purely about uh, the part of the organization and, and communication internally and, and et cetera. So there are, there are many uh, soft skills, certifications and trainings available also. Thank you so much, Steve. Just finish us off on this one, please. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Ellie. Great question, Gary. Uh, I would just back up really what Rick's saying. Um, without the technical um, skills, it's not really a barrier to entry to get into cyber. A cyber program needs managing. And as Rick said, that needs leadership. It needs effective communication skills. It needs workshop facilitation skills, you know, budget management, time management. We're going on a sales pitch. We're selling cybersecurity to the business and there's a whole host of soft skills which would be very valuable for anyone leading a, a cybersecurity program. Thanks, Steve. That's really helpful. So, Shanice, we've got time for one more question before we move to our spotlight interview. Have you got something for the panel? I do, yes. So, a question from Peter in Singapore. What are the most important soft skills I would need for a career in cybersecurity? Okay, Zane, over to you on this one. And then Darren, please. I think it doesn't matter what area of um, cybersecurity in, uh, Peter. I think being able to articulate technical terms to non-technical audience I think that is um, a really, really good skill to have because it doesn't matter if you're in leadership all the way down uh, to maybe a standard user role. Uh, if you can articulate something technical to non-technical, there is definitely space for you in the, in the industry. Thanks, Zane. And Darren, your thoughts? Uh, yep, that was it. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> often, no, you nailed it. Um, oftentimes, um, we are the experts in the field and so we can't expect people to have the level of understanding of these concepts so we do need to be able to communicate um, but oftentimes you know i'm t having hard conversations with board level executives um, helping them understand that um, you know as, as it relates to the hierarchy of the um, programs ultimately they have ownership of these controls even though they may not technically understand how to implement them and so to be able to have that conversation i think it's um it's an incredibly valuable soft skill because you don't want to offend people but you do need to you know get them on board for sure thank you very much Okay, so thanks panel for the advice so far. Some great questions and it's wonderful to see how many live questions we're getting, keep them coming in. Um, and so we're now going to change gears slightly and invite Darren to join me for our Spotlight interview. We're gonna use this time to learn a little bit more about Darren and the work that he does. But before we do that, I have a few questions on today's topic for you. So Darren, to start with, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into cybersecurity? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so I took a little bit of a, I think, less traditional route. So I used to own and operate a construction company. Uh, I had a workplace accident uh, and got crushed by a beam. And now I have a couple of steel rods in my back and I had to retrain. Um, and so I I found out a, about a internship at a high-tech training school. And I was owning and operating my business during the day and then at night going in and putting out cookies and coffee and setting classrooms up and things like that and uh, um, use that to be able to get lots of valuable training and, and certifications under my belt and kind of transition from the construction industry into the IT field. Wonderful. And Thanks. That's a, definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely a unique approach. Um, so why do you think the demand for skilled cybersecurity professionals is growing? There's a there's a lot of different um, drivers in the industry, and I think some of them are um, where organizations are looking at ways that they can move away from the traditional methodology of having everything in-house in their own data centers and um, lower administrative overhead and um, be able to enhance their scalability by moving to the cloud. That changes the threat landscape to some degree, um, but then it also um, we just need folks to focus on that because it, it changes the, um, the way that we secure uh, the environments and perimeter security is, is less interesting. Um, but w w I'm in the industrial control system world around nuclear power and, and transmission and distribution, and I'm in a heavily regulated industry and in a lot of the regulations, GDPR and um, other uh, governmental regulations around the world, ultimately they drive my consultancy because organizations have to focus on their risk management programs, their incident response programs, their cybersecurity management programs in general, and then identifying um, you know, what controls they need to do to, to adequately protect their environment. So uh, a lot of the, the changing infrastructures as well as um, regulations are driving a, a lot of our business. So as the um, the number of opportunities for people working in cybersecurity grows, um, what do you say the, the most important skills are, um, the ones that are most in demand for cybersecurity at the moment? So I think I, we had a couple of questions on soft skills and empathy and, and that type of thing. You know, ultimately communication, um, being able to communicate um, uh, orally and also in the way that you write reports. A lot of times um, I look at reports and I say, so we've got all the findings in here, but we, we need to help people understand why this is important and what do we need to do to move the program forward to get folks to the goal that they're at. So I think a lot of communication um, skills are interesting. Um, it, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about risk management programs and um, uh, incident response programs and in all of the other programs underneath uh, to, to truly understand the frameworks that, that provide guidance um, that organizations try and either benchmark to or required to meet to understand those frameworks and then um, see where are the different pieces that go on top of it to implement all of that. Those are really interesting core uh, skills to have. 
Um, but some people just, you know, they, they just want to be really technical and validate the controls that are in place. And, and so things like pen testing and ethical hacking and, and those types of skills are, are also really interesting as well. Great. Thanks, Darren. So um, are there any good online resources that you can recommend that candidates can use to grow these relevant skills? There are, yeah. So there's, um, I, I, I'm a bit of a runner and I like podcasts and things like that. One that, that I've, I've found that I like is, is a Deloitte podcast called Resilient. Um, but I think that um, there's a number of podcasts that, you know, folks can, can listen to based on the uh, discipline that they're interested in. Um, hack the box if, if you're um, interested in pen testing and things like that. Hack the box, I think, is really popular and you can kind of earn credits and, and earn um, more uh, challenges and things like that. Um, the cybery.it, C-Y-B-A-R-Y.it, um, is an interesting resource for loads and loads of different content that's available. And then um, I think one of the big opportunities around uh, cybersecurity is focused on OT security, which is the field that I'm primarily focused on right now. And the ICS CERT, they have a really interesting virtual learning library as well that, that's mo more focused on um, the operational technology. Uh, and, and that's um, that's a hard, hard industry to, to source candidates for. So. If, if you want to be in a smaller pool of, of valuable candidates, uh, OT might be a good avenue to look at. That's great. Th thanks, Darren. So um, just before we return to the panel for some more questions, then, can you tell us a little bit about your current role and the work that you're currently doing in cybersecurity? Sure. Yeah. So I work for a firm in the UK called Capula Limited, and we're focused primarily on energy distribution networks, um, some water companies, but primarily industrial control systems within the critical national infrastructure. Um, the, the, sir, I focus on our cybersecurity services portfolio, and the portfolio is aimed at initially helping customer with customers with advisory services around uh, risk management and then also program management and um, compliance and, and those types of things. And then um, when we help customers identify what the risks might be, um, then obviously there's typically an improve or um, a, uh, an improvement plan around those things. And then we can help folks with more of the technical services and, and getting those technical controls into place to um, treat the risks that have been identified and, and get them to the level of maturity that they're looking for. Wonderful. Thanks, Darren. Some great information there for our viewers. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to return now to our panel. And uh, Janice, do we have another question for our panel, please? We certainly do, Ellie. So we've got a question from <coughs> Jane from New Zealand. How does the panel keep learning and improving their skills? OK, thanks, panel. So <coughs> I will have Rick and then Barbara on this one and then Zane, please. Yeah, really nice question, Jane. Um, well, for me, uh, it's, a, it's very special. I have a team of about 50 instructors, uh, so I cannot be not learning. They uh, they tell me every day new stuff. And, and um, so the, the, the answer for, for you maybe is to, to be around people that, uh, that know, uh, have information and are willing to share. And 
it's my opinion that that a lot of lots of folks in the cyber industry are willing to share their knowledge and their skills marvelous thank you so Bridget, your thoughts uh, well um i think the one thing is curiosity um well we know the curiosity to kill the cat but in cyber security you won't be killed if you have curiosity and as you keep your eyes open there are a lot of forums and a lot of um sources in the internet where you can go even there are societies and bodies like isc square isaca and many others where you can be a part of the community of practices and you can learn from them you can contribute there or you can also uh, be a part of many of those uh, facebook pages and many others where you can keep up to a lot of things that is happening you know and every day where i hear um news i come across a new word and then i go and quickly look for it and i try to learn i can go to uh, different other websites um, and on a lot of learning platforms today that provide those things other than all the certifications which i keep doing and i keep challenging myself so that's how i keep learning and learning is lifelong thing you know so lovely thanks thank you, you subhajit we'll go zane darren and then steve has a comment as well on this one please yeah, I normally, personally myself, Jane, I, um, I pick a topic uh, that I, I want to learn more about and I'll just create a slide deck on it. So I'll just try to research and then if I was actually presenting to someone um, and that's the best way to kind of learn uh, the actual specific topic um, and also be engaging with uh, other community groups. So if you've got uh, you know Twitter, Slack or various different groups, uh, infosec groups are, are quite um, well known in, in those uh, platforms so it'd be really great to join in with the conversation see what other people are researching what are they looking into um, and you know read blogs uh, and one one of the ways to show off your skills as well can't highly uh, recommend is um, you know make some videos uh, put some blogs out there talk to different people about the topic that you're learning about lovely thanks Zane so Darren and then Steve please <clears throat> Definitely goes back to the personal development plan. Um, one of the well, a couple of the certifications that I hold, like um, CISSP and the CISA, uh, they have a requirement for continued practical education credits every year. And um, I've had the CISSP for 19 years, and so for 19 years, I've made sure that I get enough training in each year to be able to to uh, log those those credits. So. Um, uh, yeah, some some of the certifications that you have will, will kind of require that that you you keep your skills sharp. Thanks, Darren. Steve, your final thoughts on this one, please. Yeah, thanks, uh, Ellie. Great question, Jane, and a, and a tough one uh, practically <laughs> to answer. But just following on from the comments by the other teams, lots of conferences around the world on on cyber and infosec and business continuity risk related kind of areas. So I would get out there and uh, attend conferences and seminars, etc. Um, one piece of advice I did get when I was younger, which I've, I've still got uh, even to this day, is to, to set aside 10% of my annual salary for personal development and, and have a career plan, uh, a professional development plan for yourself and then spend that 10% of your, your annual salary on the core certifications that you need to get the next job that you're looking for. 
Thanks, Steve. Um, not to forget, uh, you know, subscribing to things like Level Up so you can uh, hear from our experts and keep expanding your knowledge in that way. So, Shanice, what's our next question, please? We have a question from one of our panellists, Stephen Cockcroft. Where is the opportunity for those entering the profession or looking to retrain into the profession? Okay, Steve, that's a question that uh, that you've put forward. Do you get asked this a, a lot from your um, people contacting you? I do, Ellie. I get um, a lot of the same question, uh, sorry, a lot from a lot of individuals, whether it's consultancy clients or indeed delegates on, on training courses. So yeah. I think we're in a position where, you know, there's a lot of industry suffering currently uh, due to the pandemic and people are finding themselves out of work. Um, so I was interested in other panellists' thoughts on, on where are those opportunities for people who perhaps didn't set off from university or, or school or wherever it was looking to enter into cyber, but they, they took a different path. How can they get into the profession and retrain? Okay, brilliant. So panel, let's help Steve out then. Sabajit, from, uh, from your point of view, uh, where are these opportunities for people sort of retraining? And then Zane, please. Um, yeah. Um... I guess many countries are doing, like in Singapore, they, we have one um, government initiative where there are in incentives given for people to get retread. And well, it's not only about Singapore, many other countries in Asia, in USA, and in Europe, I think this is done in different other manner, but the organization who are behind it, like Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and uh, KPMG uh, and, and many others. So all these organizations are looking out to get, uh, you know, OJTs or trainees. And uh, for that, they first are tying up with the technology giants to get them trained in those areas. Now, like I can tell you, Google is offering across the globe some training programs of getting certified in the Google platform. And then once you do that, then you can get a job on the farm. And similarly, others are also doing. So these are the areas where you can tap on because, as I said, cloud is somewhere you can go. And based on cloud, there are other technologies like IoT. There is a blockchain. There is big data, machine language, and ML, and AI, and all those things which are there. So you can then move into some specialized niche areas. You want to. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Is it oh, um, uh, Zane? Your thoughts on this one, please. Yeah, really good question, Stephen. Because uh, we, we do see that quite a lot, um, where you know people do want to kind of switch their careers. So, just personally speaking, from our situation, uh, we've had uh, individuals who got development background, but now they've gone into more web application pen testing. So it kind of uh, you know uh, crosses over quite nicely. But at the same time. Um, you know, someone with completely non-technical background uh, can come in and do cyber essentials uh, assessment here in the UK. Um, and then initiatives-wise, NCSC of Cyber First, uh, which I, I think is a brilliant initiative uh, to get more diversity into cyber security, which is much, much needed um, uh, to bring that in. But yeah, I think uh, those are kind of some of the opportunities, in my opinion, uh, that you can uh, take advantage of. Lovely. Thank you very much for that, Zane. Um, okay, Shanice, another question for the panel, please. 
Of course, Ellie. So we've got a question from Mohammed Rahman. I'm currently a technical project manager and I wanted to shift to delivering projects in the cybersecurity <laughs> space. Can you recommend a path for that? Yeah, um, okay, well, I think we can. So Darren, um, we'll hear from you please and then start with it on this one. So I think the um, uh, project managers play an incredibly important role in the program development that we do. Um, so for instance, um, our regulator within my energy, uh, the energy uh, industry here in the UK is called Offgem, and they very much want to see that you've um, identified what your risks are, but that you've got a plan around um, prioritizing those risks and then um, a treatment plan for those risks. And really, it's a, a lot of project management goes into that. And um, you, you're going to have a number of different swim lanes, a number of different programs you're working on, perhaps a number of different contractors or um, uh, external resources to your organization. I think uh, project management skills are incredibly valuable in, in a lot of the work that we do from advisory services. Thank you, Darren. That's really useful. Sabajit, your thoughts, please. Well, uh, Mohammed, very wonderful question. And in fact, I can tell you, even I was once a technical project manager like you, and I have shifted. Now, as we say, you know, today that there are uh, all organizations are IT organizations today. Now, that means that there is no organization who is uh, a, existing today without leveraging on information technology. So, if that be true, then you know, anything that we do in any organization had some impact, some bearing with information technology. And today, cybersecurity is so important as we know, post the, um, you know, this uh, COVID-19 situation, we see that cyber incidents have gone up. There are so many such incidents and organizations have fallen and uh, also things are going even worse now. So the opportunities are much. All you need to do is get into a project and continue into that and then slowly, slowly pick up. Now, what I would do is when there would be a technical thing, I would go and sit with the engineers, even being a PM and spend time to learn from them and enhance myself to equip to for the next post as a much more knowledgeable uh, cyber technical project manager. Thank you. Thank you, Sabajit. Steve, um, your thoughts on this one, please. Yeah, thanks. So it's a great question, uh, Mohammed, and one that I'm asked quite often. Um, I think for me, the uh, pathway into becoming a cybersecurity project manager is first of all to understand the most common frameworks that are out there. So anything from uh, Cyber Essentials up through the 10 Steps to Cybersecurity, moving up to the CIS controls from the Center for Internet Security in the US. On from there, you could have a look at the National Cybersecurity Center CAF scheme uh, and the IASME standard. And then further up, you could have the ISO 27001 and a plethora of other international standards. Plus, of course, at the top of the tree, I would argue, would be the NIST cybersecurity framework. So a good understanding of frameworks that are out there that businesses turn to to help with their cybersecurity would give you a, a good 
um, grounding into understanding what businesses need and then you can manage the implementation of those frameworks from the basics like cyber essentials all the way through to the NIST cybersecurity professional, uh, sorry, the NIST cybersecurity framework um, with your, your project management skills that you already have. Thanks, Steve. That's really, really helpful. Um, Shanice, I think we've got time for one more question for the panel, please. Wonderful. Yep, we've got a question from Amy in Melbourne, Australia. Is cybersecurity a stressful career? <laughs> okay, panel, I would like an answer from all of you on this one. Is cybersecurity a stressful career? Okay, we'll go Steve, Rick, Sarvashit, please. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no, and, and the reason uh, I say no is because if you enjoy doing something, it tends to be less stressful. So if you if you really want to get into cybersecurity, and there's a plethora of of roles, as we mentioned over the last hour, for you to for you to you know have a look at and and explore. Uh, but I think if you wake up in the morning and you enjoy doing what you do, then the stress isn't really there. Um, it's always good to enjoy what you do. Um, so I would I would say no. I I have a relatively stress free life, and that's because I enjoy helping others, and I enjoy helping organisations make themselves more secure. Lovely, thanks, Steve. And so, um, Rick, your thoughts on this? Uh, I would say uh, it's not stressful; uh, it's challenging. And if you like challenges, it's, uh, it's the right uh, thing to do. And always remember that competence is knowing the limit of your abilities. And if you know that, then you're competent and then you don't have to fear stress. That sounds like an excellent uh, piece of advice there. So, Sabajit, your thoughts? Oh, well, I mean, I can tell you one thing. Cybersecurity is not stressful. It's the people who are stressful. They are the source of stress. So if you can manage people, and we have talked about earlier as soft skill, which is very, very, very key for any profession or any job that you do. And uh, well, of course, I will also agree with Steve and Rick saying that, yeah, if you uh, love a job, if you really enjoy doing it, there could be challenges, but you don't care. You love challenges. You would be very passionate of facing those challenges to come up with the solutions and you will enjoy every day. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you, Sabajit. I think that's a great one to finish in on. So um, I'd like to thank everyone for... Oh, Darren, did you want to just give us a, your view on that before we move on? I, well, I was just going to say I'm, I'm 51 and I have virtually no gray hair whatsoever. Um, but uh, I think it's, it's, it is that there's a potential that folks are dealing with stressful situations if they've just had their environment crypto lockered uh, and, and they have access to their data and, and their, um, they have ransomware and whatnot. Um, but it, I think Subject just nailed it when he said it's the soft skills of us helping to de-escalate those situations. Um, I think that's you know that that's a really big part of our role is is to try and bring that conversation back down to you know solving the business challenges. Okay, Zane. Thank you, Darren. And Zane, we'll have a full panel answer on this one, so if we can hear from you as well, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I might as well. Um, I'm just going to say it's not stressful. It's incredibly rewarding. Um, that's that's all I'm <laughs> going to say is because, uh, you know, once it, it like the saying is really challenging, but once you are able to obviously deliver on all of those areas and secure an organization, it's incredibly rewarding. 
Great, thank you very much. So I'd like to thank everyone for their excellent questions today. It's been brilliant to see so many live questions coming in as the panel have been speaking. And I would like to invite the panel for their closing remarks. So we'll start with you, Darren, your thoughts on today's show, please. So thank you for having me, first of all. Um, you know, I, I very much have always uh, recommended cybersecurity to, to people who are looking at um, IT careers. I always say, go, go towards cyber, you know, just because um, it, I, it is rewarding. You know, like Zane said, I, I do enjoy it. I think that um, it's an incredibly valuable role and, and people can, can just grow in it forever. It's not going anywhere. That's true. Okay, thanks, Steve. Um, your thoughts on today's show, please. Yeah, thanks, Ellie. It's been great, and I've really enjoyed it. The only thing I'd say to the audience, uh, particularly those who perhaps are not currently in the career, is if you care about people, this is the career for you. Fundamentally, for me, cybersecurity is about people, the laws, the regulations, the pen testers, the ethical hackers, the frameworks, the risk management. They're there to protect people. So if you're interested in people and you care for other people, consider a career in cybersecurity. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks, Steve, because I think that's probably not most people's perception, but it's really good to know. Um, so, Rick, thank you. How have you found today's show? Yeah, I find it lovely. Uh, the, the passion of the, the, the panelists, and but also the curiosity of the, the, the questions uh, we, uh, we heard. But uh, for me, passion is, is the word, and I agree with Stephen. Uh, it's very rewarding, and we do it all for the people. Thank you, Rick. And so, Sharbajit, thank you for your contribution today. How have you found the show? Oh, wonderfully rewarding. And thank you for having me here and the wonderful questions. And I would say that more and more people join and make level up, go many levels up in the days to come. <laughs> thank you. And uh, Zane, how about yourself? Yeah, it's a great experience. I think it was uh, good to uh, hear all of those questions and, and also learn from the wonderful uh, analysts that we have today because there's, there's no opportunity where you don't learn. So uh, I think thanks to everyone um, on the panel as well. Uh, and yeah, just big advocate of cyber. Uh, if you're thinking about it, just go for it. it. It may seem very daunting at first, but once you're in it, I'm, I'm sure it, it becomes a lot easier. Thank you, Zane. Just welcoming back our question master. Shanice, your thoughts on today? Oh, it was a really great show. I always find these episodes of Level Up the most rewarding because I take away so much information. So thank you, panellists. It was really great. Thank you, Shanice. Okay, great job, everybody. So if, uh, if like me, you've been inspired by our panel today and you're getting value from our content, leave a comment below and help spread the word by liking and sharing the video. Level Up will be back with another two shows next week. On Monday at 8 a.m. GMT, we'll be looking um, at how to become a business relationship manager. And on Friday at 2 p.m. GMT, we'll be answering your questions on how to become an IT auditor. You can, of course, view all past Level Up sessions on our YouTube channel, so head over there and subscribe to the show. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Bye-bye.